just one big old lady fart passing through an onion. Welcome to the show, Golden Gods and Goddesses. This is Rum, Ham, and Wildcards, the only It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast that knows how to appreciate a good hem. My name is Brayden, and I'm here with my three friends talking about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Hey, Don- it's Adam. How's it going? We got Adam. <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's Donnie. We got Donnie. This shit today is on the phone with us. I'm an old lady fight passing through a blooming onion. Blooming onion? So you're blooming a blooming onion? onion? Okay. Haven't you been blooming onion before? No. No, never. I feel like I think you've been blooming onion before. I'm pretty sure you have. I've never been a blooming onion. This is the first time. <laughs> All right. Uh, I will. I will admit if I was wrong, but I'm like 90% sure you were before. We'll we'll double check. If the fans, never. if the fans have any good check memory, let us know. Check the records. Look them up yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me just go ahead and dedicate a half hour of my day to make sure that you're not doing the same dish of the day twice. But um, whether or not whether or not the Bloom and Onion is a is a duplicate name here, yes, the dish of the day is our anonymous hosts and the three of us here in the real world, not on the phone, are all talking today about season three, episode five of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. If this is your first time joining us, welcome, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. We are glad to have you here with us today. Either way. Go ahead and follow us on social media at Always Sunny Pod is where you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And our Always Sunny Pod is our subreddit where you can find the lists of lists and more talk about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, as well as our YouTube channel, Rum Ham and Wild Cards on YouTube for episode highlights. Uh, we have some of our fan theories that we've kind of come up with highlighted there. A couple funny stories that we've talked about on the podcast highlighted on there. So go check out our YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, season three, episode five is going to go on the list of lists today. Every single uh, episode that we have reviewed so far ranked on one list. We got over 20 entries on the list now. This is crazy. We are shooting for two dozen now. So we will find out where this episode, the Illumina Monster versus Fatty Magoo, ends up on the list of lists. And of course, we got some Ongo Gablogian stickers available on our Instagram page, figuring that all out. And uh, if you want one, feel free to hit us up. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Adam looks like he wants one. Adam? Yeah, I had some friends who were asking for some uh, oh, okay. stickers. So Right on. So yeah. we'll, we'll send you guys some stickers your way. And uh, if you send us a screenshot of your review, we'll send you a nice little uh, handwritten sentiment. And... Um, not not kiss it because that's not COVID friendly, but no. you know you'll and know it's, it's not my handwriting. It's packaged with love. That's all you need to know. So uh, yeah, go ahead and give us that five star review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoy this show here. And uh, listener of the episode, Wildcard and Crew, listener of the episode, Tara P. Thank you so much. Uh, we got some some goodies coming your way. So thank you for listening, and let's get it going here, guys. Enough housekeeping. This episode was released September 27th, 2007, way back in the day, directed by Fred Savage again. We got uh, Rob, Glenn, and Charlie, of course, writing this episode. And we got uh, Ingrid Nelson is played by Judy Greer. We got, a, we got a co-star here in this episode. So let's start out. 11.30 on a uh, Wednesday. The gang uh, is, or not the full gang, D and Charlie are at a store when D runs into an old compadre from high school that is living her and D's dreams uh, and running a fashion boutique. Shut up! Shut up, D Reynolds? Yeah. Ingrid! Nelson from high school! Ingrid Nelson? <laughs> yeah. You all look so different! What happened to all of the fat parts? I lost them! <gasps> Ugly, disgusting back brace anymore. Yeah. yeah. God, we were such losers in high school. Mm. Do you remember what people used to call us? I don't remember. The aluminum monster and fatty magoo. Yeah, that was it. Remember? Uh, yeah. So D promptly lies, of course, to come off as a success, and then she tries to become a fashion designer to no avail. And Dennis hijacks D's dreams to prove that he hasn't begun to peak. Peaked? Peaked, D? Mm. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I haven't even begun to peak. 
And when I do peak, you'll know. Because I'm going to peak so hard that everybody in Philadelphia is going to feel it. I'm really not quite sure what Dennis's full intentions are in this episode. Um, and then Frank and Charlie... Find the perfect model. That's what he's looking for. Yeah, basically to be a sexist pig, the whole episode will come to find out. Uh, Frank and Charlie turn Patty's basement into a legitimate sweatshop. What do you think they're saying out there, Frank? I don't know, but I don't like it. The German war propaganda was a nice idea. Wait till you hear the steam whistle. Everyone's schemes all come together at the end of this episode, and it all burns down while Together Forever by Rick Astley plays. Let's get into it, you guys. What'd you think of this episode? Well, first of all, I love Judy Greer. I think she's a great actress, and I always love seeing her whenever she's in like any show or, or movie. And um, uh, she's a really big. I think she's a big co-star in this episode, like one of the, a big cameo. And if you if you're curious, she was in Archer. If you've ever ever seen that show on FX as well, um, she voiced the character of um, Cheryl. I think. Cheryl. Yeah, and oh, Carol, Charlotte. There's a bunch of different names for her, but she's a great actress, and I, I love seeing her in this episode. It's always good. She really clashes well with the gang. She plays yeah. off of D really well. And D plays off of her really well, honestly. Well, what I like about her character is that she's got nothing to do with what's going on. They just they just insert their lives into her life and they and she doesn't help them. She doesn't want them there. She's just there. And she's like, I'm not doing anything for this episode except being against you people. She doesn't another foil. Yeah, she doesn't even really uh she doesn't exactly even go against him as much yeah. as she is just dumbfounded by what Dennis says to her. That she just goes along. She doesn't yeah. bring the cop into her office at the end. No. That's D that does that. Yeah. Uh shout out to my man Mark Dunlap. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> really bringing it together. Hey, can we talk about how he delivers those lines? Yeah. So wait a minute. He's pretty good. That's yeah. gotta make you. <laughs> Yeah, I forget how to win a monster. Yeah, I forget how he even said that. He's like, oh man, it's crazy. Whatever happened to your brother? (laughs) (laughs) He was a real cool guy. (laughs) Uh, You know, he fucking killed it. Yeah, that shit was hilarious. Really good co stars on this episode. Mm -hmm. Really, really great features on Mm -hmm. it. Um, One of my favorite parts of this episode is um, Charlie. Whenever Charlie is just good at something, yeah. like he can appreciate a good hem, and of course he knows how to sew. Mm-hmm. Um, that, so I, I really like Charlie in this episode. There's a lot of great uh, character characterisms that I'll get into later that they play into in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, D trying, he's not good at though, shoplifting. <laughs> yeah, he just put this shit on the store. He just puts all the clothes on top of his clothes. He didn't get caught. Attempting to hide it. He's no, he didn't get caught. He's wearing the clothes later. Right, while, we're, while we're on that, uh, I don't know how the law works, but hopefully I'm not self-incriminating <laughs> myself anymore. But when, like the first Black Friday I ever went out, first of all, I only had my permit at the time, and we snuck out of my house, uh, and me and my buddies drove, and we went to the mall for Black Friday. And we were in like Zoomies or I don't know. We were in some store. And uh, that monster hat that I have, like a gray beanie monster hat that I always wear. uh, I actually stole that on that Black Friday. And like I was carrying it around, like walking, like just holding it in my hand. And like my buddies were outside of the store. And I was just like, yo, guys, like wait for me. And like (laughs) literally like walked out of the store with it, like in my hand, like past everybody, like past like the security. And like you still have it on purpose. But like Uh, I was just playing it. I'm just like, yo, guys, like wait for me. Like I'm just uh, holding my hat, whatever. Like there was no sensor. There was no, uh, what did he call it? Explosion. Ink thingy. Yeah, and you got to make the decision. Uh, you got to make the decision. Do I go back or do I just pretend to like not notice? Yeah, no, I, you just had to commit. Yeah, just put it on and just walk out. Yeah, what's <laughs> no one's the wiser? Why stop that one yeah. hat? Why not put on two? Why not put on a hoodie yeah, on no, top was, of another yeah, hoodie yeah, no, and then a belt? Was, yeah, that shit was wild though. The way he did it, that was so funny. Donald Eugene Crunkleton, you're under arrest. Yeah. <laughs> right to remain silent. I think I think after a statute of limitations, isn't it like probably. ten years later you're fine or fifteen? Dude, years I don't know. Like and I'm sure idea. there's like I'm sure for stealing a hat, it's not that serious, but like. This has been yeah. a long undercover sting operation. <laughs> <laughs> that one beanie. You know, um, we represent the, the reach around or the wrap around, whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what you call it. There you go. Freeze! This is Zoomies. Put your hands up. <laughs> can, I, can I say something about Charlie? Yeah. Charlie's the only person I know in like any show or, or whatever who can go into like a nice uh, clothing store and, after putting on the clothing, look homeless. 
I mean, to be fair, it's like not that good of clothing. So it, it wasn't that far off from homeless. You yeah. ever see something that's like a like, terrible store? It was a, it was a, it was the Fatty Magoo store. She was a, you know, a good but, store. But I'm saying, you ever see something that's supposed to be like high class or high yeah. fashion, and you're like, how is this not a burlap sack? That's like, all of New oh, York yeah. City. Like whenever you walk in Manhattan. It's like all every store is like a like a off brand like shitty store, and then if we want to talk about um, fashion, I was in um, Milan and there was I think it was a Louis Vuitton store where it was Burberry the Burberry tartan. It was Burberry suit pants and uh, you know some sort of shirt, and instead of a suit jacket, it was a sweater vest with a Burberry print on the outside. Are you trying to and say blueberry? Burberry. <laughs> I almost spit on my Burberry. <laughs> Listen, Adam, I know you don't Stupid. know anything about high fashion or proper clothing. I only yeah. wear Gucci. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I wear sweaters and jeans. <laughs> but Wait, it was like a sweater vest suit. I only that was wear. The thing. Uh, and I was looking at that and I was like, what the fuck? I rock Louis Vuitton. You <laughs> Louis Vuitton. Louis I only Vuitton. have Ed Hardy clothes. I don't know about you. My grandma had a phase with Ed Hardy. She was like unironically. My grandmother, my very Jewish grandmother, just out of nowhere, wanted to be buried in her Ed Hardy shoes <laughs> on God. Oh, no. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I don't know where it came from. We all told her it was it's tacky. Mood. I think she knew it was tacky. I think she did because she knew it kind of got under our goat. But yeah, um, <laughs> didn't mean to go so deep on that Ed Hardy <laughs> jaunt. Uh, Charlie is my favorite character this episode just because yeah. of, like I said, that's one of my favorite gambits when, um, I mean, we know that he plays music, but we find that out later that like he can do all this impressive stuff, but he literally can't read. And um, this is he the first time. time he was he was literally learning everything else in his life to read. Yes. Uh, speaking of not reading, this is the first time, but not the last time we know that Charlie jerks off to Dennis's drawings because he's illiterate. So we get that excellent, really deep, sunny continuity. Yeah. That, um, yeah, sarcasm. If you can't, if you can't hear <laughs> over your earphones right now. You know who I didn't like in this episode? I didn't like Mac too much. I didn't like when he's just going along and doing things the way he wants to do them. And, you know, well, he tries to I take like charge. He was shout still being the, the follower. Shout out to the golden dip chair. Yeah. Oh, that for sure. That was that's a funny scene. Well, we see that um, Frank it, manipulates yeah. him to teach him how to manipulate people, but he sucks at it. So is that that's yeah. kind of his own fault that he doesn't. What about what about the immediate like gratifying payoff when Charlie walks in the office and he's like, "Is that a, was that chair dipped in gold?" He stops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Mag is like, looks at Frank like it worked. You gotta, you gotta appreciate um, with some of these episodes the sort of subtle things that you might not notice around the first time. The sort of between the lines. So I don't know if anybody here has ever spray painted anything ever before in their life with the intention of making it better. You have to clean the item that you're spray painting, otherwise you'll just cover up the dust. And mm. it's so eminently clear that they didn't do that to the chair. Like there's like dust and dirt <laughs> blotches all over the fucking place before they're just spray painting that shit in gold but it looks dipped in gold would you clean it off before <laughs> you dip it in gold do you know anything about dipping things in gold yes you would clean it off before you dipped it in gold okay thank otherwise you. you'd get the rest of your gold supply dirty and you don't want to that's correct your, you don't want to dirty your gold <laughs> supply you guys don't have those bronze shoes your mom like bronzed your shoes from when you were a little kid. I don't have any, but uh, I have seen either like my grandma or grandpa or someone in my family has them from like yeah. or theirs or something. I've seen them before, basically. Or like you have a dead relative's cherished item and they dipped it in bronze. Not me. That's just me then? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Mm. That's that's intense. You just dip everything in bronze, huh? I just dip, yeah. every every Most of the things I have are bronze dipped. Like that yeah. uh, fucking... <laughs> King Midas, but for bronze. I say go gold or go home. It's King Moodus. <laughs> King Moodus, but for bronze. <laughs> he's just he's he's one off, he's one off. Yeah, one off. <laughs> the poor man's King Midas. I can only <laughs> afford to touch bronze. Everything I touch turns to bronze. <laughs> I, I have a couple um, missed opportunities. I think that were in this episode. Huh? Um, so my score. 
is is higher than I anticipated it to be when we get later in the episode. Um, so I'm kind of looking for reasons to to take it down here. So Disha, they might be able to help me on that. Why but do you want to bring it down? Missed opportunity number one. Let me explain. Uh, we didn't see these failed drawings in person, and I really feel like we. I know it's not the direction they wanted to take Dee's character in this episode, but if she could have pulled off one of her uh, one of her prototypes, I know it doesn't fit their prototype, but if she could have pulled off one of hers, I would have really enjoyed seeing that probably with, with the light bulb looking, patting on the shoulders. Is that a boat? No, it's a straw. I disagree. It literally, you know, what it, you know what it would have ended up looking like? You know how dogs have those cones? It literally would have looked mm, yeah. like two cones. Exactly. I think it would have been... It would have been fucking hilarious, but like... I don't even know. You ever seen a soda cup with a straw? That's what it looks like. One of those paper (laughs) soda cups with a straw. Like Charlie's wearing it for some inexplicable reason? I like the idea that Dee is the only one who's serious about making clothing and dresses, and she's the only one who can't do it, who doesn't do it, who we don't see it come to fruition. I like that idea. I like that. Uh, I like it. But it wasn't necessarily that she couldn't do it. They literally destroyed her stuff. Like yeah, she no, was, she would, what, no, like exactly. She couldn't do it because they destroyed her stuff. I like that. But they didn't skill, let her. Her I skill like, set too. Yeah, well, a lot of the times it is her skill set. But if we saw this one through, I would have been interested to see if like what her final product would have looked like. Mm-hmm. Like, was she actually going to finish this dress and like That's make what I'm a good dress, or was it going to be a trash ass whatever? Oh, that would have been hilarious plot twist. It somehow looks like a good dress at the very end. And the one option that nobody in the episode wanted to go with was the best option the uh, whole time. Yeah, and be, yeah, and like the one chance she had to find something she was good at and become successful at, the gang ruined for her once again. And now she's never going to randomly pursue this again. So like since they crushed it for her once, like she missed her one one chance she had. But if D would have succeeded, she would have beaten Fatty Magoo. And we can't have anyone in the gang win. No. Because that's just not how this show works. So, obviously, D needs to fail against season, Fatty Magoo. Hottest take. Season 18, D rehashes her, her love and her ability to make dresses. And she partners up with uh, Fatty Magoo. Wasn't Fatty Magoo <laughs> in another kidding, episode? Was she, was, she, was she in the high school reunion episode? Uh, yeah. Was Mark Dunlap there? Uh, I think he's in that one. I don't remember him being there. I don't remember him talking that much if he was there. I would remember him talking because yeah. who doesn't can't remember that voice? <laughs> Come on. I think another another missed opportunity was in the cold open when Charlie's shoplifting and Dee just gets styled on by Fatty Magoo. I agree. I think Dee should have gone back to Charlie and been like, uh, I'm stealing shit too or something like that. Or like, we're both shoplifting now or something. Like just to stick it to Fatty Magoo. I think that was a missed opportunity. I agree with you there. There was a missed opportunity in the, in the cold open, for sure. Talk about missed still opportunity. Good. Like, uh, Mark Dunlap, this is the only no. appearance of him. No. Uh, it's going to spin-off guys. show. Oh, no. <laughs> Get a spin-off show just dedicated to Mark Dunlap yeah. where he the wakes crook- up in the morning. Oh, my God. What a crazy <laughs> day it's been. <laughs> Philadelphia 99. <It's, laughs> just like a shitty walk-in is all I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another missed opportunity. While we're just going down the list here, uh, I think they could have brought back Viet- Frank's Vietnam buddies, the circular, the circle of the gamblers. gamblers. He, had to call her, he had to call in some ringers to help with the sweatshop. Yeah, like I get the joke of going for the Eastern European women, but don't tell me that if they would have just for some reason put the Vietnamese gamblers in the corner, you wouldn't have laughed. Oh, it would have been my favorite thing. They're my favorite like background characters in the show. So was that three missed opportunities we got on this episode? Well, I'm going to have to lower I my score. That wasn't a missed opportunity. Sorry? I thought the steam whistle was excellent. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, fun fact about the German war propaganda. Um, does that voice sound familiar to you guys at all? Was it like well, Charlie or something? Was it Mac or Why Charlie? Why would it sound <laughs> familiar? <laughs> because the man screaming the German war propaganda is not Adolf Hitler. It's Glenn Howerton. Okay, I knew it was one uh, of the characters. I knew it was one of the guys, but like I didn't know which one. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a bait and switch. I thought you were going to be like, does that voice sound familiar? Yeah, sure. Well, it's Hitler. Well, it's Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Remember the? F- no, I was going to make a, a really sad Holocaust joke, but go for it. And I was going to say, remember the family you don't have anymore, but um, mm. they he destroyed mm. my family. It's okay. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Can we cut that out, or do we leave that? You can cut that. out. <laughs> That's brutal, mate. Did anyone else forget about this episode after they watched it the first time? No. 
No. I like this episode. Judy okay. Greer's in it. She's I, like, I forgot about it. And I don't know how I forgot about it because I'll talk about one of the moments that I was literally on, on the floor crying here. You guys can I walked attest. in. Yeah. Um, and, and Dennis cross-dressing. I just don't know how this episode, I forgot about it. You know, I mean, it's definitely not one of my favorites, but like I definitely remembered it and it stands out just because, I don't know, it really explains the history of them once again. Like, Let me ask you a question. When you think of sweatshops, do you think of real sweatshops or do you think of this episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Not that you think what? of sweatshops, but I'm just saying like, what other episode, this is the, the most outrageous episode we've had, I think, in a long time. They're literally operating a sweatshop in their basement. Like, how do you not, how do you let that, you know, go? How do you forget that? Also, do we think that the local police, like beat cops, are the ones who break up sweatshops? <laughs> I, I would assume they should help at least. I, I feel assume. like there's got to be like <laughs> investigatory work. It's like you don't pull a cop off the street and be I like, think, "Hey, there's a sweatshop on Third and." I'm Main. pretty sure if you if you like if you stumble upon. A sweatshop. I'm pretty sure the first person you should go to is a cop. But I get what you mean. I was about mean. to say, I think a cop would maybe not that blunt like with them, but like not a squad they car. would con- they would confront them at first and like ask them about it. And- you go they're to more qualified than station, me, which are full of cops. And file a claim. Okay, you know cops. Be- How many sweatshops be- have you busted? Be- <laughs> Listen, look. Be- apart <laughs> from catching you, apart from catching you from stealing the Zoomies hat, I also am a notorious sweatshop finder. And you are pretty good. You did, do you, you have a steam did, whistle? You did convince me to admit to a crime. You are pretty good. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. Classic you- interrogation tactic. <laughs> Pretend I'm your friend and I'm doing some <laughs> shitty podcast. Do you have a steam whistle? <laughs> Onion. Bloomin. Was there a question directed at me? Yeah, yeah. Do you have a steam whistle? Oh, yeah. Add in the steam whistle sound effect. <laughs> I don't have that button. Okay, so, Bloomin, you know that, like, beat cops, they have, like, walkie-talkies on their shoulder. If you go up to any cop, like, they're supposed to call it in and stuff. Hopefully, they'll send in a SWAT team, but... No, I'm just saying, I feel like there's probably going to be some task force that's going to yeah, go There is. And, oh, and, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. There's a uh, protocol. <laughs> there, there's, there's protocol. There's reason. Reason will prevail. Yeah. How many times can we Reason fit that into prevail. the show? Um, uh, uh, I guess there's one more scene we could talk about for now. The when Which? Charlie and D, when he's like he gets lost about the drawing and like he's like he freaks out. He's like D, like you're still there. Like I thought you left. I thought you walked away. Like I thought you walked away. Yeah, that was one. Yeah, that was one of my favorite scenes from that. And like that was classic Charlie, just like literally as clueless as it gets. But I mean, yeah. Other than that, I guess if you guys have nothing to say, yeah, no, we can move I mean, on. That's, that, no, that's because uh, Charlie is uh, one of my favorites in this episode, just because they're building him up, building up his illiteracy, building up uh, his. I don't. I don't want to say it's like creepiness, but he's he's cretin would probably be the word. He's just like degenerate, jittery, degenerate, dirty. Yeah. I love kind this of show. an innocent mind. He's kind of like like. You feel really, for him, yeah, in a way. Yeah. You feel for Charlie, I think, more than any other character in this yeah. show. Yeah, like, dude, dude was trying to do good. He just started huffing glue along the way. I know, and oh. then a train of Santas. Did, did we talk about? Um, we talked about um, when Mac was uh, feeding him treats, right? No, I was no. gonna get. I was gonna get to that in the second That's half. That's the best that part. scene. I. Was in tears the first rewatch I did for this podcast. The second I rewatched, you guys were here and I was on the floor. Uh, I Charlie saying I would like some jerky, please. When he says speak, like that speak. whole that whole bit's <laughs> pretty like funny. Jerky, but specifically when he says speak and he goes, uh, I would like some jerky, please. Yeah. <laughs> I just, he's like actually asking for it. He's not saying it out of rote memory like a dog. He's like, well, I do want some jerky. I mean, it's just, it's even funnier to me too. Cause like, I mean, if you think about it, like that was the exact thing a dog would do. Like when a dog barks and like they tell him to speak, like, what do you think they'd be saying if they could talk? They'd be like, can I have some jerky, please? Like, can I have some jerky? Like, I see it. He literally had like, I see it in your hand. Can I have the treat, please? Like a treat. Thank you. And he shakes his hand like an actual handshake. Yes. And he's like looking at D. And D and he's looking at D like you're not into this, you're not for this. What do you? I want to, yeah, yeah. He's like, it's classic. Like Setup's great too because that's how yeah. I talk to my dog. I'm like, I I think I got some jerky here. Oh, let me see. Oh, I do have some jerky here. 
just amazing on uh, Rob McElhenney. Incredible on Charlie yeah. Day for that that scene. Mm-hmm. When we come back here, we got a second half of this episode to talk about. We are going to take our little bits of here and there comments that we got for this episode and put it on a scale of one to ten. And we're going to sew it all together, make a beautiful dress of scores, and see where this episode lands on the list of lists. So don't go anywhere. We will be right Welcome back to the show, Rumham Wild Cards, Golden Gods and Goddesses. Thanks for joining us. Before we get back into it, just as a reminder, at Always Sunny Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and our Always Sunny Pod, where you can find the lists of lists, YouTube channel, Rumham and Wild Cards. Let's get it going here. Uh, the way the second half of this episode works, we got five categories that we can give a scale of one to ten for each category. Uh, the categories being the story, the characters, the quotes. The overall humor, and of course, the wild card spot. So, uh, season three, episode five. Let's start it out. Uh, scale one to ten, guys. What do you give the story for this episode? Hmm. I don't want to go first. I don't well, want to go would, first either. I don't want to go, go first, first either. Okay, I'll go first. All right, that's fine. I'll just <laughs> always, I always go first. Thanks, Dad. No, no, no. Don't worry. I'll just go first. Can you go first? Um, Originally, I was going to give it a six, but I think I might bump that up to a seven because, <clears throat> uncharacteristically, I forgot that at the end there was a reach wrap around with Dennis appearing connected. What are you guys doing here? So I'm yeah. going to change that up to a story for the seven. Okay. Other than that, I thought it was, you know, standard, average, maybe above average, which is why I gave it a six. You know how I am about ratings. Five is average. Six is one above average. <laughs> Because we use a rating scale from 1 to 10. I don't know if the listeners are familiar with it. They wouldn't be familiar with it from the way you guys rate things, but 7. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, I'll confidently go second then because I was almost on the opposite side. I had it as a 7. I was considering going down to a 6 just because it was like it was a very good story, but it wasn't... It wasn't like the two, three separate stories all colliding at the end. Like They kind of was one giant story broken into a couple different parts. But yeah, the the wraparound at the end, I'll, I'll solidify it and keep my seven. I gave it a seven point five. Um, trying to be better than us. Well, <laughs> yeah, what the hell? I was just about to say, I'll do a seven as well. Really? So you, what, you think it better than me? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck I, you! I was gonna drop down to a seven, but then um, uh, uh, blueberry, uh, what's your what's your name? Blueberry onion. Blue, blue blueberry and onion. onion. <laughs> blueberry onion. Blueberry onion. Blue. Wait a minute. Uh, you 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 raised yours up, so I, I wanted I didn't want to you know lower mine. So seven point five. I think that it's hilarious. We have a fucking sweat. We, how did we get a sweatshop from 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 D being mad at her old like high school like rival? How did we get there? Because think about that. they both wanted to be fashion designers, and yeah. fashion is often created in in child sweatshops. Yeah, but, I don't know about child sweatshops. If Frank has the experience, yeah, and, and it's just like. And it's like, of course, this episode had to happen for, to, for us to see a fucking sweatshop. And I just love that. And I love how, again, it came out in the end, how, how they're all in the office. Ingrid didn't invite any of them there, but they're there terror, terrorizing her. There's a cop there. Dennis is in a, in a fucking dress. It's like, how did this happen? How did we get here? And I love they all, that. They all create their own unfortunate, not that they normally don't create their own downfalls in this show, but in this episode, you really see Dennis busts in looking ridiculous and sees the the group rest of the group sees him because he chooses to lie and and uh totally forgot where the rest of that point was going i'll I'll finish it i i I think that when you think about d and her um her experience in the episode how she's like the only one who genuinely wants to become like a successful person or i don't she, she wants to actually do her dream but her dream isn't becoming like a fashion like person anymore her dream is to just make Fatty Magoo seem really bad, and she's got a fatty and, to burn. Yeah, she got a fatty to burn, and like we, this entire episode, we're kind of on D's side because she's so anti sweatshops, and that's a good thing. But she's really doing it all for the wrong reasons too. She's trying to be just as vindictive and like and spiteful to this person, just as, and you know, even Dennis and um, Charlie and Frank and Mac aren't being mean or spiteful. Um, obviously, they're doing terrible things with the sweatshop, but I mean, like, D is also just as crazy here, and I I, I like that in this story. 
we see her come off as the good guy, but she's still this like deranged, narcissistic, egotist that we see at the end of the episode. I don't think she comes off as a good guy at all. That's no, a very interesting observation. By, by clearing the sweatshops, that's a pretty good thing. And Yeah, but she does it because yeah, they ruin her prototype. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. She it's, should have done it before. Exactly, she's not doing it for the remember, right reasons. Doing that doesn't good make you things, a good person. Yeah, yeah. Doing good things is because you want to do yeah. good things, not because it affects you. This episode really skews... This show like, really skews... Only giving a shit about like, white nationalism when a U.S. Capitol gets uh, stormed. Anyways... Fuck the government. <laughs> but yeah. Not to get deep on you guys there. So I went from an eight to a seven on the story um, just because I, I like the way it all comes crumbling down at the very end. I like um, the structure of it. Uh, and I think the story allows the characters to be really horrible, which we like on this show. And uh, the really horrible characters allow for this very twisted plot. So um, seven on the story. Cool. We were pretty consistent with each other. That's that's good. Yeah, let's see if we yeah. stay consistent in the characters. What do you guys give the characters? Uh, I thought the characters were pretty solid all around. Um, I'll let you guys try and explain some of them and see if you agree with my score or not, but uh, I gave it an eight. Ooh, I gave it a nine. Can can anyone talk Donaldo and myself down? Bloom and Onion. Yes, uh, I'll definitely accept the challenge. Uh, I gave it um, a six. I thought that because of the missed opportunities that we were saying where they could really show off their... It's difficult because with this rating specifically, I don't know that, uh, at least I haven't, I don't know about you guys, have figured out what happens in a scenario where one character is like spot on. Like Dennis in this episode, fucking spot on. But then as Adam brought up, Mac, I don't really know if he's like so much of the character we predict of Mac. Frank is pretty much Frank. D, again, I don't really know that she's very much D in this episode, but Charlie's very Charlie. So Charlie, Dennis, and Frank are really the characters that, you know, we all know and love and hate. But what do we do? How does that affect our rating if some of the other characters don't act in the way that we want them to? I don't know, it's difficult. I think about this I think about this at home when I'm alone at night by myself. Mm. I I think about it. I look at the ceiling and and I think You look at Dennis's pictures, his drawings. I look at Dennis's pictures, exactly. (laughs) And I and I imagine myself scratch the characters. Vigorously vigorously scratch myself. You look at AP bio and you're like, You're not Dennis. (laughs) Jesus. And for that reason I'm giving you the stick. To defend, just to defend the two that you say weren't themselves, I would say that D is doing her own thing. Whether or not she's with the gang, she's still just not working with them, just trying to do her own thing. And then, like you guys said, when it goes against her, she tries to ruin them and tries to spite them and doesn't give a shit about them. So like, I think that's decent classic D. And then Mac, I think, is just like, once again, just like a follower, the fake yeah. leader, yeah. the... Pretending to have power, pretending yes. to be, but like all he's doing is repeating what everyone else is saying. And like, he's a beta. Yeah, he confronted one. D, but like that was because Frank was probably like, hey, Mac, go tell D she can't be doing this. Go tell her this. Mm-hmm. Go do this. Go do that. So like, I think that's classic Mac to it's, me. It's kind of become the Mac meme, but yeah. I'm playing both sides. So I always come out on top is a really good thesis for Mac's character. Yeah. He is being manipulated by Frank so he can try and manipulate the gang. But of course, he never gets that word in edgewise. He yeah, never gets because it. he sucks at what he does. He, he's too distracted by the steam whistle. That's his thing. <laughs> I don't know if that's that's <laughs> why it goes down. I think it's more along the lines of of Max character doesn't have the uh, assertiveness or je ne sais quoi the that s- Frank has. The self esteem, the security, the self esteem. Not him security. yet. We, we see it. We'll see it eventually. Yeah. I don't um, think we got your yeah. score though, Adam. Yeah. You, uh, yeah, I was listening to your guys' scores patiently. I'm giving it an eight. I, okay. I really like the characters. I love Fatty. Like, like this, the title of the episode are the name of two funny characters. You know, Fatty Magoo and a Luna Monster. They're not, you know, they're 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 alter egos of characters. But I love those words. I love when those characters are talked about or referenced in the in the show. Um, I think um, uh, the character of the cop. That's a really great character. How he he was he went to high school with all of them and how he just managed to like you know deflate the entire situation or talk about it in the end and his monologue, um, all the characters are there. I mean, Dennis is is so 
egotistical narcissist. He doesn't. He he, he li- literally cannot understand um, that his dress sucks, so he has to blame it on the models, who is beautiful, by the way. Um, um, he 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 goes so narcissistic. He actually decides to dress up as a woman and don his own dress. Yeah, um, because his standards are so high. Standards are so high because he's such a nutcase. Um, he breaks down the doors. So many felonies. So many felonies were committed this episode. Uh, every kicking down doors. Frank yeah. is like, I'm, I'm back to my old shit. I'm, I'm working a sweatshop. Let's go. That's his character. I think the characters are, are an eight, not a 10, because there's still more recurring characters and other characters I want to see and other character arcs that I want to see. But for now, this is a good eight. I completely yeah, my eight. I, I agree with both your guys' sentiments. Uh, I would like to make this might be a hot take or not. I think Fatty Magoo, sorry, I guess I could call her by a real name. Ingrid Nelson's annoying as hell. Oh yeah, you brought yeah. that up earlier. Uh, I do agree that a little bit. She came, she came off as like just like that bitchy kind of just like oh like are you doing this? Are you doing that? Like blah blah whatever. But like I kind of think that they were that they had that relationship in high school. Like it, to me, she was acting like they used to be. They really were rivals. Good best friends. No, they were always rivals. They were always no. competing for who's no, the like, no, best friends. You no. missed it. They. <sighs> You missed no. it. In the cold open, she says they were friends, and Dee talked about being this inspiration, and she says, she literally says, I think I accidentally inspired her instead of keeping her down. To keep her down, but but that's, it inspired her instead. That's terrible. That's just, how, that's the gang's relationship. That's not them being rivals. Yeah. That's not them being friends. They're frenemies. She think, yeah, she thinks so, Dee is her friend. Dee thinks, yeah, I'm not saying this D chick was is in, not my friend. I'm not saying Dee was intentionally, one but side. her, yeah, her interpretation was, because D probably wasn't hanging out with anybody but Fatty Magoo in high school and the gang, if the gang was even around her. So, mm-hmm. like, in high school, Fatty Magoo was for sure, like, this is my best friend. This is, like, you said, her, my inspiration. Like, so to her, when she was acting that way, like, she really was just like, oh, like, it's my best friend, like, blah, blah, like, whatever. So, like, she was coming off as kind of, like, annoying and bitchy. But, like, I think she was just, like, trying to be friendly. And in, From my memory of high school, I, I remember, like, um... I don't want to stereotype women, but I always like have the stereotype of like you see movies. It's like, and my sisters were like this too. It's like they would they would they would have friends who they would be they would have they would hang out with their friend, and then their friend would leave, and they'd be like, "I hate that woman," and I'm like, "Why the what? fuck are you hanging out with them?" So I guess it's like a common thing in high school. I I don't know. I've, I, Frenemies I, and stuff. People just being like pretending I mean, to be friends. That in people in general, not necessarily. I, I never like got that any specific gender at any specific time. But I've seen people. I just do know my that s- where my sisters were like that. That's, that's all. I, that's I, a very I, small sample size. By what you're saying, stopped hanging out with people like that. My Life got significantly better. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, no. never talk to your sisters again. I would love Jesus. to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so half of them are good people. This Back might be to the be, show. This might be because you guys um, moved away after high school, so you might not understand this uh, this plight here. Um, and this is something I've only experienced a handful of times. But when you run into someone that you have not seen since high school, mm. ugh, it just it sucks. Yeah, I, it's really I don't sucks. I didn't care about you then. Yeah, I don't care about you now. Yeah, I don't want you to know about me now. It's you didn't part, know you don't know me to begin with. So why would I give a shit what you know about me now? I it, back, I think maybe this is back like when like Facebook first became a thing where I was yeah. like, yeah, people want to know what's up with my life. But now I'm like, I don't care. I don't even care if the listeners know anything about me. Like the only thing I want them to know about see, me that's is, so is funny sunny. that you say that because like I mean, granted, I didn't go to high school out here, but if I were to go back home and see anybody from high school, either. Anybody that would say anything to me or I would say anything to them, I would just be like, I'd be okay with it. I'd just be like, oh, what's up? Like, it's crazy. Like, There's I haven't a few seen you people. in eight years. But, like, but that's what I'm saying. Anybody that would say something to me or that I would say something to them, I'd be okay with. Anybody that like yeah. would be that awkward or weird thing, I feel like I'd see them and, or they'd see me. And like we'd maybe like, kind of nod and acknowledge each other, but like we would never like go up to each other or say anything. I don't know. I, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it would happen, but like, I feel like I just never would have that situation. I don't know. I, I went under the radar, and I don't think anyone would recognize me. I I be that, was, that was my goal. I, I did not want to be recognized or noticed. Grant, I don't know how big your guys' high school is either. My high school is like 4,000 kids. Yeah, yeah mine was but, big. Okay. I think what's affecting these different perceptions of high school friends is, has a lot to do with how you were in high school. Yeah. For instance, I was the fucking king of the castle. Fuck so you. <laughs> talk to me. <laughs> People are like, man, I hated who I was in high school. Man, I loved who I, I, I loved who I was school, too. Okay? But I'm just I saying. I haven't even begun to peak. <laughs> uh, so. the, the point was that I, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't really see them as being 
friends. I always, whenever I see this episode, I've always considered um, uh, Fatty Magoo and the Aluminum Monster to have always been rivals or frenemies at best, not really close, good friends. Indeed, they were. Could it be the title of this episode that uh, gives you that interpretation? Yeah. Well, the title is maybe, <laughs> but but that episode is about the plot of this episode, not about their history. Yeah, no, it's not really yeah. about their history. But like I said, it's just like the few small comments that they make. Like yeah. I said, I think it was more of a one-way thing. D was never trying to be her friend, but Fatty Magoo thought yeah. she was her best friend. She oh, was yeah. her inspiration. She was her role model. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's so sad. They're such terrible people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll go in on the trio of eights here as well. Can we get the dish of the day up to an eight? No. You, you cannot get me up to an eight. What about a seven? I'll do a seven. Boom. Best I can do is a seven. Um, I was going to ask for 6.5 if you didn't go for seven, so I'm glad. All right, so triple eights and a seven for a uh, for the characters. Moving on to the quotes in this episode. I've found more quotes in this episode than I have in any season three episode so far, which I like. Really? I was going to yes. Really? I don't know if I just had a like a lower barometer on this one, like a lower standard. Um but I, I gave two points for the I would like some jerky please delivery just because just it got me twice. I didn't think I would laugh that hard again, but there I was on the floor. Yeah, I thought this one wasn't super quote heavy. Uh, I think I'm getting more strict on what I consider, I guess, like yeah. a quote, and mm-hmm. I attribute it more to like humor and stuff. But I have, uh, have your hands been smashed with hammers? Mm-hmm. That one gets me every I time. Like, it's funny. Uh, the winners always win. Up. That's not like a that's not like funny in and of itself, but like the way Charlie like buys into it and he's like, Yep, us winners always win. Like that type of thing is always hilarious. Um and then when he goes for the business connections for a sewing machine, like why the fuck you need business connections for a sewing machine? Like if anything just ask for money, like it's not that expensive, not that serious. Well, we know Frank ran a sweatshop. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if that's what Charlie had in mind, then like it is what it is. But like I was thinking Charlie just wanted a sewing machine for himself and needed business connections to get himself one. Um, in order to purchase things in the United States of America, you need business connections. Yeah, basically. Uh, and then, yeah, the only other one I had was, uh, oh, no, I guess there was two. Let's just calm down. You're, you're having a reaction. That's understandable. It's the nerd in you talking. And when Dennis was talking you're to having, Ingrid, You're obviously having a reaction. Yeah, and like you're freaking out. You're having a reaction. And then uh, I, uh, I tend to break down a lot of doors today. That was the last one. Yeah, other than that, I didn't write many more down. A lot of Dennis's lines. Yeah. passing through an onion. Old lady fart passing through an onion. That's one that's always stuck with me. That whole block, I can tell you're manipulating me. Shut up and get your hand off my shoulder. I have a fatty to burn. That whole whole block is really good. Considering I didn't like Dee that much this episode. I know she was the main character, but that line was pretty good. Um, But Dennis's lines, I think, really uh, shows. This is one of the first times we see really how dark Dennis is when he says, like, I'm not going to take no for an answer because I, I... I just refuse to do that because I'm a winner. And winners, we don't listen to words like like no or or don't or stop. Those words are just not in our vocabulary. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And he, the way he yeah, said it too, he's like, bad. stop. Like he didn't just say like stop. Oh yeah. Like, the he, delivery. He, he really like put his hand out too and was like stop. Like it was it was fucked. <laughs> well, he, Glenn Howerton really portrays Dennis very well yeah. um, in, in that sense. Too that- well. Too well. <laughs> Too well. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> we, we, we see further and further along as it goes. You understand why he's one of the few characters in the show that isn't named after his real life name. Yeah. Yeah. Disassociate, disassociate yourself with that as much as possible. Um, peaked <laughs> D. I haven't begun to peak. Oh, yeah. The peak. Classic line. Yeah. yeah. Classic line. Um, in the cold open, I appreciate a good hem. <laughs> I, I mean, that made me chuckle. That made me chuckle enough to. Uh, write it down. Um, and uh, one more Dennis one. Because the only crime that's being committed today is the crime of ugliness. And sadly, you can't press charges for that. <laughs> you can't press charges that for dramatic that. dramatic pause. I love him trying to turn it around on people. Like, watching him trying to like walk himself out of like whatever terrible thing he's done. Um, for quotes, I I gave it a six. You know, just, just above average as usual. Um... When, when, when I was re-watching it, and I, I heard D say, I've got a fatty to burn. It just clicked in my head what she meant. Yeah. And I was like, ah, that's that's a funny line. Brought to you by marijuana. Kind bud. <laughs> um, another thing kind that I, bud. another um, 
quote that I love is um uh, I've been standing here the whole time whenever like people like I've been like go carrying on a conversation and the person they're talking about is there. I'm like I've been here the entire time you've been talking. I love that line. What is um what does Charlie say when he's going on in his paragraph? Uh he's is the fantasy he says um now the dress is starting to look fantastic, you know, and and she feels very excited. She feels very sensual and I feel very sensual about her because she looks so good. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. Um, I, I think I have one more quote that I want to, I want to share. And it's when they're talking about the dress and they're all like, your dress did not fit the stereotype. The, the more prototype. they keep the, prototype. The, prototype, the more they keep saying it, the more I laugh. So six, just above average. So it, it kind of fit the prototype for you. Yeah. It kind of, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think I ever gave my score. I actually gave a six too. Oh, fuck yeah. Ooh, yeah. I'm gonna go one lower and I'm gonna go for a five. And that's after I rounded it up and gave it more credit than I wanted it to. Um, I got the most quotes this episode so far but uh mm. i've had episodes so far that we reviewed where i've written down 20 to 30 lines so more to come on that what do you think dish of the day on the quotes i originally had given it a three but it was the um the i don't know i just feel like uh you know, hearing all those other quotes that, that everyone said, I'm trying to think of the... Uh, yeah, I used to say all this stuff about, you know, how I was going to be big and famous to yeah. keep her down. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it just, it did the opposite. It, like, inspired her or something, which is terrible. I like that. I like that little twist there. I think I can can keep it up with my, the way things are going this episode. I'll bump it up two points for a five. I think average is, is just about right. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, real quick while we're on that line, that's a very D line that sets up um some of d's character there is she was saying all these things to keep uh ingrid down and what any sensible human would do they'd be inspired by their friends mm -hmm. and d just can't understand that and she's offended that she got inspired by her which wouldn't that be cool if one of your friends told you hey you were an inspiration to me like hey donnie you're an inspiration to me no i'm not oh go fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs> yourself see beautiful yeah beautiful everyone wants that feeling <laughs> so so just at the halfway mark or sixes yeah. i guess for a couple of you here yeah. all right so when you take the story and the characters and the quotes in this episode mishmash them all together you get you get some laughs you get the overall humor so that's the next category what's the overall humor on your guys' opinion for this episode. Yeah, overall... The That's a hard four. Whoa. Whoa. I was going to say that this episode... I didn't think it was that funny. Uh, yeah, I was. I mean, overall, the episode wasn't, like, super amazing all around, I wouldn't say, but I thought it was pretty fucking funny. I thought there was, like... We mentioned at least, like, three, maybe four scenes that were hilarious in and of itself, and then in between all those scenes, there were definitely parts that kept me laughing the whole time. And, yeah, Brayden dying on the floor... I don't know that that has to be a pretty high score. Uh, yeah, I gave it an eight. I gave it a seven point five. I gave it a seven. Yeah, you've okay. been outvoted. Yeah, so um, I I'm gonna kind of try and defend the episode here, but I will say that it still, at the end of the day, was forgettable enough for me to forget this episode for a really long time. Honestly, um, so the the reference humor in this episode is really good when they say make it work. We know back then uh, Project Runway was still a few years out, so the fact they're doing designing stuff and Frank says make it work a couple times, I caught that. What and the then uh, Project yeah, I have no idea what you're talking Why about. Why does no one know what the hell Project Runway is? This is the second time I brought this up this week and like no one's know what is just a show where they like design clothing basically a competition show. Okay. So one of the not up my saying, alley, but I, I see. Yeah, one of the sayings is make it work in in the show. One of the the lead guy Tim Gunn he says designers. Oh, Tim Gunn, I know. Make it work. You know Tim Gunn, but I you like don't know Tim Project Gunn. Run. Yeah, what? I know the name. But you guys know Tim Gunn I like from. Tim Gunn. What do I? I he's made a, he's an actor. From, he acts in other things. But what has he been in that I would know? I think I know him as a host of some fashion show. I didn't know that was the Project Runway. But does he do like the snap thing, like work it and all that stuff? I don't know about okay. all that. I think you're just stereotyping homosexuals at that point. I didn't point. know he was gay. Oh, no. You didn't know that Mark Dunlap was gay? Mark Dunlap's the cop. <laughs> I, got, I got my other tab opened up here. I looked at the wrong one. You didn't know Tim Gunn was gay? 
I took it out. Designers. We're starting rumors now. Mark Dunlap's gay. <laughs> he's a fake character. He's a character on a TV show. He's going to wake up, read that on the internet, and be like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Oh no. Um, <laughs> he's like, that's the only real crime. Calling me gay. <laughs> Did you guys catch that? Um, D says, uh, <laughs> You're the biggest loser to uh, to Ingrid at the end there. And this oh. is when uh, Biggest Loser was still pretty new as well. So. I get that reference. You know, it's it's what they're doing no, this season apparently is just making... Is super problematic. It is? You want to talk about fat shaming and giving people bad body images? Let's, like, everyone pay money to watch people lose weight? Wow. I'm not That's saying I watched States this for you. show. Yeah, that's the United States, but I'm not saying I watched the show. Oh, wait, hold on a second. That was a worldwide phenomenon. I'm pretty sure there were, like, uh, multicultural adaptations of The Biggest Loser. That's even worse. Wow. <laughs> wow. People like seeing inspiring tales, even though they don't normally keep the weight off, I think. Yeah, that's right here. I hear that they put it back on, and sometimes worse. Follow me on the second podcast, Social Consciousness with the Bloomin' Onion. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, with the, with the reference humor, uh, the, the secret little thing about the German war propaganda being Dennis, I think is super funny or Glenn's doing the German war propaganda. Um, Mac treating Charlie like a dog. Those few scenes that we talked about. Oh, can we, can I get super like, not super deep, but kind of weird and say, could it be Glenn or could it supposed to be Dennis? Oh no, because they they said themselves the German propaganda. Yeah. They, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say maybe in the show they just don't talk about it and say like it was still actually Dennis doing it and they just pretend it was German propaganda. Having said that, all all that though, um, I am gonna take my score down from a seven to a six point five mm. because of all the missed opportunities that we brought up this episode, and um, I it, I just it can't. It, I forgot about it. Like, that's the thing is I've remembered every episode we've done so far. And somehow this episode just eluded my memory, despite how memorable it is. So uh, six and a half uh, out of ten for the overall humor. I don't think that this is a forgettable episode. I, I disagree with that. But I guess to you it is. Um, now it's not. No, because it's not. now I'm going to remember damn near yeah. piss in my pants with Charlie eating beef yeah. jerky. Don't forget. Um, Never forget. I gave better yet. Yeah. Always remember. Did, did we already say all of our scores? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah si uh, seven and a half, seven, six and a half, and uh, four. I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Getting good at this. Yeah. Killing it. Wait a second. You, this is the funny category. Yeah. It's overall humor. humor. And what'd you say I gave? You said seven I gave and an a half. I gave oh, you went eight. I never said half. I never said half. I'm just making sure you got the stats correct in there. Thank, ah, you're thank not you. getting good at this, Brady. <laughs> Wait, so thank if, you for keeping me honest. So if that was the if that was the humor category, what happens now? Wild card, bitches! Yeah! Someone started out. Go for it. I got a backup. I'm giving this wild card a ten out of ten because <sighs> the uh, for the amount of felonies we see in this episode, ten. Um, see ten felonies. <laughs> List them. No, I, I, I no. <laughs> no, there were two felonies. I, I'm pretty sure a sweatshop is a felony, and continuing to break. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure a sweatshop. I'm pretty is sure a, a sweatshop would, no would would account scholar. for multiple felonies. Yeah. So it might it Sorry. might hit. 10 it would be a felony. Defense. It would be a felony for every person. Uh, victimized by it, I, I suppose. Probably. So anyone multiple, who yeah. anyone who's taking advantage. of I'm just the trying to labor. defend you and get to your ten felonies. No. No, it, I know why. I know why you're justifying it's a ten, 10 for, for the there two being felonies. any felony. Because yeah, because that's what this the gang does. They do felonies and they don't get in trouble for it. And I remember, um, I, 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 I used to want to give felony points, but we ended up making it the wild card, um, category. So yeah, and also Dennis keeps breaking into Ingrid's like office. I'm pretty sure that's that's a that's felonious. So ten. Uh, oh, um, well, sure if if this uh, adjusts your, um. Uh, level you're going off here, Adam, at all. Um, yeah. A sweatshop in the United States, uh, according to the U.S. Department of Labor, is defined as a factory that violates two or more labor laws. So surprisingly easy to be running a sweatshop here. You just got to break a couple labor laws, <laughs> and you're technically running a sweatshop. Um, I also have... Damn, this 
podcast is a sweatshop, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's I, hot I here. got 10 more fun facts about sweatshops if you guys want some some. I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to be depressed. But, but the point is, that I'm giving it a 10 because this is honestly the worst thing they've done so far. One of the worst things they've done so far. This is the worst thing they've done Having so Having a sweatshop, far. making old ladies work in a sweatshop is pretty bad. We just went over the fact you only need to break two labor laws. They went way <laughs> overboard yeah, with it. <laughs> yeah, so 10. Doesn't need to what? literally be sweaty. No, didn't help. The Did. old ladies got a whole pot of bratwurst at the end. <laughs> Knockwurst. Knockwurst? Knockwurst. Um, Something worse. So what did you guys give it? I gave it five prototypes out of ten. Okay, that's fair. Did you already give yours? Oh, what is yours? Seven articles of clothing that Charlie steals out of ten. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did <laughs> that. Yeah, no, I like that one. Uh, I ended up giving it a seven. I was going to give it a six for the amount of times Dennis references his peak and how many times he's going <laughs> to peak or peak, whatever. Uh, but I added one for him talking about being in his prime, so I gave it a seven. So I did six like this peaks in a prime. Yep, six peaks and one prime. That's what I wrote on my notes. <laughs> Literally that. Sevens sevens uh what were the others a 10 yeah and a five for the wild card holy crap guys i didn't change any of my scores this time i think mine stayed the same i i, no. I took some down and uh, i raised no wait i didn't raise i didn't end up raising any up. Oh, all right and we don't have the exact same score anymore then huh so after taking out our notepad and scribbling all over it and writing our scores down and making a beautiful dress that looks a lot like our average score here, we have our score to put on the list of lists. But before we get to that, let's find out what the fans think. Based on the Internet Movie Database rating, what do you guys think this episode has received from the fans of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. 8.3. 9.2. 8.1. Adam wins this Damn one. 8.1. Oh, really? With yes. just under 2,000 votes. Donnie this, didn't win this time. I was fucking close, this though. This is right the lowest. The this is the least liked fan episode uh, tied with Gun Fever, The Gang Exploits a Miracle, which I think is wrong, and The Gang Runs for Office. So we have four episodes sitting right at the bottom of the fan list. What did we think of this episode? Dish of the day. What's your score for this episode? 5.6. Got a 5.6 from the dish of the day, which sets this episode at number 15 for the dish of the day. I gave this episode a 6.7, which sets this episode at number 10 for me, right in the middle there. Adam, what'd you give this episode? I gave it a 7.8, Braden. Gave it a 7.8. This episode is tied with Charlie Got Molested mm. from season one, the season one finale. Mm -hmm. uh, this episode is number six for you. Okay. So it's bordering your top five there. And Donnie, what, what, what'd you give this episode, Donaldo? Uh, 7.2. 7.2. Right on top of the gang goes Jihad, but right below uh, the season one finale as well, Charlie Got Molested. Uh, this is number seven for you. So... You guys like this episode the most, apparently. Dish of the day, like this episode the least. But the real question is, where does this episode stand on the list of lists every episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia so far ranked? This episode got a 6.8 from us. That's the average score for this episode is 6.8. Um, haven't gotten above an 8 yet, you guys. This episode is one click below. Uh, Mac Bangs Dennis's Mom, which is season two, episode five. This is number 12 on the list of lists for us. So sitting right there is the Aluminum Monster versus Fatty Magoo with a 6.8. If you'd like to see the rest of the list of lists, every episode we've done so far in one pretty list, you can head over to our Twitter and Instagram. We post it there from time to time. And of course, our subreddit, our Always Sunny Pod where you can find the post right on the top that says the list of lists, every episode rank, give it a click, and you can see all uh, 22 episodes that we have done now on one convenient page. And if all these links are too much to you, uh, head on over to romham.transistor.fm, where you can find all the links to listen to us, all the links for our socials, and more at romham.transistor.fm. 
And one last time, guys, if you enjoyed the show, thank you so much for listening. Make it all the way through. We really appreciate if you went on over to Apple Podcasts and gave us that five-star review. Five-star man. And, uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. It goes a long way. Really appreciate all the listeners that have joined us here so far. And we'll be back very shortly, guys. Our next episode review, our next episode review coming up here. It's going to get interesting. We got the gang solving the North Korea situation. So uh, we're going to see. I see a door marked private. Yeah, we're going to see what's pirate? in that pirate door. And uh, more antics coming up here very shortly, you guys. So don't go anywhere. Hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to get notified. And we will see you guys very shortly with another episode of Rumham Wildcard. Rumham and Wild Cards is produced, directed, and edited by me, Braden Plegenkool. Don Crunkleton is our associate producer. This episode was written and hosted by me, Braden Plegenkool, Donnie Crunkleton, Adam Rothbart, and the Dish of the Day. 